0: what it is what's up back on the yeti in the cut um the telesis a societal podcast and no more phone podcast recordings for the remainder of this week i'm gonna try my best i just i'm just lazy my phone's in my hand The mic is all over here i have the macbook that has, you gotta have the dongle on there sometimes i want to plug into the dongle i don't know why we had to have a dongle but it's what you have to have whatever so, as you can see in the title, Auburn versus Northwestern, 14th-ranked team, uh, only played them once before, I believe, most people that have followed Auburn in the past 10 years, has at least heard about the rain game uh, against Northwestern. A, um, 2009, which was a very promising season, this was the first win of many, um, a 17-game winning streak from essentially 2010 Early twenty, I believe. I believe that bowl game was early twenty ten, maybe in late two thousand nine. But from there to about September two thousand eleven, Northwestern got got us the kick in the butt to get the Gus Bus rolling, and Northwestern kicked the wheels out of the Gus Bus and ended the tenure of one of the more polarizing coaches and recent memory um yeah you know I want, I want to commemorate that regime a little bit more but when you watch this game you kind of realize why it had to go and we'll try to keep it to that you know try to keep it to the game because you know a lot of personal stuff going on and has been going on the past couple weeks um coming to this game uh referring to players Referring to coaches, referring to the university, referring to COVID, referring to a lot of things. And I'm just gonna to try to keep this football as much as possible. Uh let's hit into the break. Alright, so at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of things he can talk about, and not many are good. So, I'm going to try to get myself about five takeaways. Um, usually, I have no set amount of takeaways, but, you know, I try to just wing them and hope they sound good. And first, I think this is very apropos. I'm looking at the ESPN stat page, and for some reason, the list of games that are on top are a bunch of bowl games from a year ago. Uh, Michigan's Alabama. Clemson against Ohio State again last year. Minnesota against Auburn. I think it's very fitting Minnesota versus Auburn because I think for a lot of people, that's what this game felt like until like probably about the fourth quarter or so, uh, whenever Bo's leg or yeah, Bow's leg gave out. Um, it felt like a game where the Big Ten team was clearly superior. Uh, There's maybe a brief moment Auburn felt comparable, and then by the end, the team that was getting it easier that was working less hard, just ran the ball out and just beat the hell out of Auburn. It's really that simple. (laughs) That's really what happened. Um, Now, maybe last year, you could argue that Auburn was supposed to be the better team than Minnesota, but this one, we're first a the better team. It looked like it from essentially start to finish. There was a brief period where I think Auburn got a 13-14 and I think he had a chance to drive down the field with the ball messed up kind of embarrassing i forgot exactly how but something, something embarrassed happened embarrassing happened and it just that was it <laughs> that was that was the last time i got a chance to get it within a kind of reasonable um deficit and i just want to take that to a larger trend and really i think this is why gus had to go we were in a bowl game every season 70 years and we won two and those two were against unranked teams that we were talent-wise far superior than. We lost five times to five ranked teams. And I'm not sure, I think UCF was 34-27. to 27? I believe FSU was 34-31, if I remember correctly. After that, you have... I'm just blanking off the top of my head. Now, this game was a 16-point deficit. Um, you have what? Auburn, Oklahoma, which was like a 20, 30-point ass-kicking. Uh, UCF, Oklahoma, 2014, Wisconsin. Wisconsin overtime game. Uh, that was what, a 3-point L? I think Wisconsin had a, a, a walk-off field goal. I think we missed a field goal and then they just had a walk off field goal in that game. If I remember correctly, I believe that's how that worked. But yeah, just embarrassing losses. Um, usually the team does just woefully, just like they didn't want to be there. Usually those games fall some pretty embarrassing November performances. Uh, in the case of the UCF game, an embarrassing December performance. And they all kind of typify the same things. Uh, Their running attack usually is hampered, if not completely non existent. Uh, The defense looks way worse than it did for the rest of the season somehow. And the quarterback play pretty much is the make or break of every one of those games. And as you can see by all of them being L's, the quarterback play just is not enough. Uh, (laughs) So there's that. Um, Second takeaway, the amount of talent on this team. Yeah, I know, you know, a a lot of departures, a lot of opt-outs, you know, COVID, et cetera, et cetera. I, I get it. But the talent on this team does not look exceptional. Um, The receivers look great. I will say Canyon looked like a winner. Um, Like a four-star type of guy that should have got burned before this game. Uh, Seth looked like Seth. He got open quite a few times and just didn't receive the ball. Uh, He gave a lot more effort than I thought he would have. But, you know, he tried. Kind of came in and off the field, I guess. But I probably did discuss to some degree he wasn't going to try to you know, just play the whole game and just get himself wrecked for a useless bowl game, but he gave a lot more effort than I thought he would have. Uh, Shedrick Jackson, not the greatest hands this, I believe somebody alluded to, but made a couple of catches here. Um, a elite blocking receiver for the most part. Shanker, a real tight end in my opinion. Um, I know he doesn't have like the, you know, he's not the Kelsey or the, um, the Darren Wallers of the world. He's not a nimble receiver type of guy, but He's what Titus used to be, kind of like a fullback hybrid. And he's somebody that's going to find a role somewhere. Uh, Kobe Hudson, another talented stud. that barely got real burn. Um, Stove put in work again. Always does the hard stuff. Cyrus got a couple catches. Uh, I I wish Cyrus just used better receiving back in his time here, unfortunately. Uh, Brandon Frazier even got a catch. So there's a lot of diversity amongst the... um, amongst the receivers unfortunately it didn't amount so much uh but i I do think that was pretty cool to see a lot of guys kind of get used um running backs just just nothing there i believe Tank had COVID, they said. I'm not sure how much about that. I heard he was, I read he was going to opt out of this game, but he might also have COVID. I wouldn't necessarily doubt it. Maybe that's more believable than COVID. Uh, I mean, more believable than opting out because uh, Tank to me seems to be somebody that's committed decently to this process, but who knows. Um, so we were left with pretty much DJ and Shivers. As we know, Mar and um, the big, big uh, Wildcat dude. That dude, the 6'4 running back. Harold Joyner, they both transferred uh, quite a while ago. So, hope they're doing well in their respective destinations. Uh, DJ looked just like DJ. Not much to be had there. Shivers, 9-15. of 15, uh, Offensive line did not look great run blocking whatsoever. Didn't look good pass blocking, you can tell you the truth. But, <laughs> they, you know, just one of those offensive line games where nothing works for them. And they also ran a Wildcat with Piggies. Uh, a Wildcat with a, a fake sweep. Uh, the sweep, actually, if it was a give, probably a touchdown. But fake the sweep. And it was an intentional fake. You kind of tell, usually. Uh, and then, like, I don't even think that Piggies moved forward an inch before he got plugged up. Uh, Bo is the primary can- carrier. Most of those coming off of Wildcats. Uh, not walkouts, but um, just makeshift runs uh, after passes, which the lanes were there very often. As he got led to the game and those hits mounted, they just he's not able to take advantage of them. Um, one thing I just want to say: his sliding is not like smart. Like he usually slides like kind of head first or upper body first into the defender. He doesn't like baseball slide and i figured i was gonna come back and get him at some point because he always gets hits off of those he always gets hit off of those and he got hit today off of it and it stung the shot of him you can kind of tell so yeah the receiving the the skill position talent as far as running backs go has to be renovated quite a bit uh quarterbacks also shy supposed to have covid as well um kaylin newton i don't know why he couldn't get burned a receiver or a quarterback at all but did not get a snap and uh both played the entire game out for the most part i think cord got like two drives um looked like he hasn't played football in several years and i don't believe he has so that goes to tell you something there i suppose (laughs) the defensive guys uh just didn't look very good. The, the, the front seven looked a lot better than I expected they would, and there's a lot of youth they kind of rotated in there. So, let me shout out to uh, still for at least giving some of the young guys some Burn. They looked okay. Um, as the game ran on, you know, just offensive three and out, three and out, three and out, you could tell you just retired and you started getting pushed around. Secondary did not look good, there's no other way to put it. Secondary did not look good, and I think. I'm hoping that my, my third takeaway still is woefully overrated in the past couple of seasons about his value as a coordinator. It is nice to have a guy that has led a good defense at Auburn, but I feel like even to this day, the defensive revolution that Muschamp had in this one season here has been basically carrying uh steel and kind of, I think needs to be included every time you talk about this guy and his um, ability as a coach, because I think if you don't have that that restart and, and talent and, and viewpoint and foundation, uh, and team construction, I, I just don't think I don't I don't see why defensive players would seem to come to Auburn like that if uh, muchum didn't kind of restart things, just put like a fresh look onto how the defense worked here still i mean still since in my opinion 2018 has just been yeah i think 2019 was a very impressive defense for the most part but you look at the biggest matchups alabama eviscerated and the alabama eviscerated a lot of people yeah but eviscerated minnesota looked in my opinion, really bad. I mean, this was a team that didn't have any run game at all, and I think they're running back at like 110 on us. And um, to have what was a first round cornerback, and then another guy is like supposed to be a day one dude, and a couple other you know NFL rotation guys, they got passed on pretty easy too by Tanner Morgan. So Tell us that. Um, and LSU, I think it's LSU to me seems like such a facade looking back. So he runs the uh I think it's saw the 317 uh 316, something like that. Uh whatever amounts to 11 317, who cares? Uh 317. And it was an interesting formation that was also ran by an even more talented defense in Georgia and failed. So schematically, uh it was a big part of why that worked, also defensive line. That's important. to Again, I give them all the props when you're doing in the LSU game. But I just don't know how the LSU game outweighs so many other glaring uh, not good performances by the defense. I mean, Kentucky was a bad game. If the turnover Terry uh, wasn't uh, horrible in the red zone, who knows how the game would have turned out. They would probably have about 30-ish, I would believe. Arkansas looked... Terrible. Um, a lot of these games, you got to get the qualifier that the offense kind of makes it hard. Like the South Carolina game, 30 to 22, right? But they scored like 21 points off turnovers. You know, it's got to add that into there. Uh, Alabama game looked just beaten to death. Um, who else? Obviously, this game looked bad. Georgia game did not look really good against a bad Stetson Bennett. And you, see, you say the talent wasn't there after the big guys left last year. It's his job to make sure the talent is there. It's his job. It's Gardner's job. The defense has to be accountable. The staff has to be accountable for not having talent on the team. That's their problem. Them not having a, a a dependable edge rusher, a defensive end, a guy built like a defensive end, not like a really athletic defensive tackle, but a real defensive end that can really rush. Since Jeff Holland, that's their problem. They did not replace, and three years they didn't replace that guy with it, an even comparable threat. I think Kobe Wooden has been a good kind of replacement. I think TD Moultrie works sometimes. I think sometimes you can get some edge rusher out of Popo. You know, I think his angle is kind of kind of meh. But the point being, Handy Handy's, okay, decent, decent talent. He'd probably be very good in his risk development. They just never, they never figured it out. Never figured out another really dependable edge rusher out there at Holland. So yeah, there's that. Uh, They they had to go. And fourth takeaway, staff needs to be clean. Um, I I heard Steele was getting removed of his duties uh, completely and totally uh, mid-game. Has to go, I mean, on every level. Just every staff just looks bad. Every staff position. Um, I think Cody is an ace recruiter. I don't think he's a great developer, but at the same time, the routes that he's been forced to develop for have been elementary, remedial. Um, so that's you know, kind of hard to get past that. I think he'll make a good receiver and coach maybe one day for somebody. I think he's probably the most promised out of anybody on this staff right now, except Cadillac and maybe T Real. Uh, I hear some pretty negative things about T Will in terms of his ego, but. Who knows how real that is. Um, I think the running backs, like I can say Cadillac got a couple guys down here, but just tough with um, how the season shook out. He had Armani Goodwin ready to go. Uh, Armani didn't want to stay around. I'm hearing Joiner is gone. I mean, Joiner is gone. Uh, that wasn't one of his running back commits, but he is gone. Marr or somebody I think he tried to work to get to stay. Didn't work. I think a dev truck kind of scared him off. Uh, Who else? Uh, Worm. I think Worm might be gone from what I'm hearing, but God, I hope not. So, yeah, just a lot of guys that – Bo got DJ down here too, was a very promising recruit. A lot of guys just need help, and I don't – I can't say that Bo couldn't help them. I just think that they saw the ship sinking and they got out of there. Offensive line guy, I think Bicknell maybe could work with these dudes one day. Like, when they were all healthy – All healthy crew, they were actually decent offensive line for like the four games that was accountable for. But when guys had started going out, there was like no death behind them. And maybe that's in part because of just how bad we recruit, period, on offensive line. Maybe Big No couldn't reverse it in time, but just wasn't worth keeping him. I think he might be a promising coach one day. Uh, Chad, oh shit, Chad fucking terrible dude. Chad, I think Chad had, like I said, the Wildcat run third and one. Uh, The quarterback sneak on fourth and one with a guy who's clearly hurt and isn't the smartest guy of all time when it comes quarterback sneaking. Plus, your offensive line is getting like s h i t stuffed in. Um, Just horrible, dude. Horrible offensive line. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, Defense secondary just just looked visibly worse and worse in my opinion since. Just I guess the previous guy left. uh, Woodson. I think Woodson left for Crime Dog. I, I, Crime Dog's name isn't Woodson, right? I'm not sure. But ever since we got the dude for old Miss, the current place to do that left here. Uh, I think he went to Michigan or South Carolina, something like that. Just worse. Just significantly worse. I feel like it's been worse every year. But this was not a great year from the secondary. Uh, linebackers, kind of, Travis's hands are tied. I can't really blame him too much. Defensive scheme, in my opinion, didn't feel very good this entire year. So yeah, that that's that. um One last one last takeaway. Do we have another takeaway? Uh, I think Brian Harson will win. I'm, if if it's a twelve game season, I'm thinking eight. I'm not looking at the season right, the schedule right now. I'm thinking eight. I think there's a lot of talent here where you can have if you get the right stuff together. You can maybe scrunch up a couple transfer portal guys, maybe land a couple dudes in February that hasn't committed. I think this can be a top-half SEC team. I'm not thinking 2013. I don't think that's feasible. Like The SEC, as a structure right now, is also just too good. There's too many guys that are – like with the year Gus came in, those other new contemporaries that was coming in, like your dude from Kentucky, Brett Bielema, uh, butch jones all of those were like we with like pretty much new rosters gus knew his roster he had a leg up on the new dudes and the old dudes your grits your uh must at florida you know those dudes uh spurrier kind of more entrenched a little bit older style you know a little bit older mentally uh and i really i guess it comes down to lsu and and Saban and Alabama and, and Mullen and Mississippi state a couple more people that I think Auburn will probably be LSU that that game is played later in that season. I think Mississippi state just was not much better roster, even at the beginning point of that season. And I think Auburn just had a lot of talent that just need to be kind of put in the right scheme. And I think you could apply that to 2011, 2012 as well. But, um, you know, Gus is were for handicapped at that moment in 2011 and obviously gone 2012. Put a round peg in a fucking square hole. And that play out the way it's going to play out. But I just don't think that right now Auburn's roster is in a situation to where it looks favorable. Old Miss should be good. Um, Arkansas should be even better. Georgia should be a little bit better if they can keep JT for another season, develop on him. Maybe get pickings back, maybe. Um... Alabama, obviously Alabama, I mean, for fuck's sakes. LSU will be better. A&M should be able to parlay this playoff success into maybe a more improved uh, overall team. Although, not having Kellen, a 20-year starter, will hurt them a little bit. Um, Mississippi State can't be much worse. Although, I think they can, but we'll see. So, yeah, Auburn's going to have the work cut out as far as that schedule goes. So, I'm thinking eight and four. Uh, I'm thinking that Demetrius will get a real chance of that job, though I think both will start. And I think they'll have to find another quarterback transfer somewhere. I believe that right now between Shale, car, cord, cord, cord board, uh, box, cardboard box, 30 uh, year cardboard box, and what's they other a uh, Kalen. I just don't think there's many backup backup options here. So, yeah, you want to have another third dependable quarterback, and that's what good co- coaches are doing. If you saw it, um, I think Stat Tiger posted it, boy the state like look good with third string quarterback. All the good t- programs right now have three semi-dependable quarterbacks. Um Ohio State's like two five stars in their backups position right now. Then they have like a five star coming in, it's like a top two quarterback. You need dependable quarterbacks, one to three. Gus never understood that. I don't think he played the game right as far as politicizing um, the quarterback competition. It's just one guy got it, and he's like, okay, fuck the other guys. We need three quarterbacks. We need something, someone to at least get Bo off the field if he's not playing well. And I think harson will make sure if you're not playing well, you're going off the gosh darn field. Just something to think about. Hope y'all enjoy. Hope I wasn't too harsh. You know, I'm trying to be optimist while also being a realist. I'm usually very realist, even negative maybe sometimes. Uh, there wasn't much to be positive about this year. In my opinion, last year was kind of like a a, a facade <laughs> in, in a lot of sense and a wasted opportunity. Uh, and hopefully, we'll be able to at least get to that nine-win, ten-win plateau again. I like Harson. I like the hire. I hope that he can really just get a couple of key dudes. A key, a a key couple, Southern guys, and I'm not saying get but just get some guys with Southern ties, because offensive line need someone that can get some hog mollies. Defensive line need someone that can get some hog mollies. Tracy Rocker, and just really make sure the trenches are filled before anything. A lot of people are going to view that Boise State tape, especially a Florida State game, and think this dude's a finesse guy. I believe he will power it. Through people, if he can, and I don't think he'll have to to win a game. I don't think he'll have to do 2017 when you give Kyron 30 carries when he's clearly hurt because that's the only option he has to power it through the defensive line and hope that running back can handle all that abuse. I don't think he needs to do that because I think Brian Harson is a good gosh darn coach. War Eagle, the season sucked. The next season, I believe will be much better. I believe the season after that, 2022 offensive of line just a little bit more Bo oh god fucking Bo Oh, uh will probably be in his last year There's not a chance in hell he's declaring next year um I think it'll get better R. P. the Bow to Seth Connection Seth's gone obviously uh Schwartz I believe will also be gone I think Mercury is gone couple of guys that could've been a lot better higher ceiling unfortunately got the tail end of a sinking ship I wish them the best Um, and yeah, let's go.